in a dating relationship, I think it's really important we pace the bonds of our heart. I see it happen with Christians a lot, actually. I met this guy, he goes to the same church, and our heart becomes very attached, and we start making excuses. Okay, guys, you are in for a treat. Now, I like to say that I am no expert in any of these subjects, but today I thought, you know what? I need to bring in someone that is seasoned, that knows what they're talking about. And can I introduce to you Dr. Morgan Cutlip? Now, I just want to start with that. Like, doctor, is that doctorate? Where, what is your background? Yeah. I'm familiar with you. Yes. It's great to be here. So thank you for having me. And it's just an honor to sit here and speak with you today. So yeah, my background, I have my master's in human development and family science, whatever that means. And then I have my doctorate. um, So it's a PhD in psychology. And um, my background is my dad, he has his doctorate in psychology as well. And he growing up, he was a pastor when I was little. And then he went back to school to earn his doctorate um, when I was like, I mean, it was a lot of my life. It was like age mm-hmm. five through high school, I think, by the time it was actually done. And so as I was older, I started going to classes with him. And I just like sit with a little toy briefcase and take notes. And um, I feel like I kind of grew up uh, alongside him in his own professional development. He started specializing in relationships about 25 years ago. Um, And I started going to conferences with him, speaking with him. And then we worked together at our company for a long time together, My Love Thanks, where we create educational content and courses to help people in their relationships. So singles, couples, families, all those things. Wow. So that's me and go into the family business. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like probably a little bit, huh? (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Couple more people in the mix too to navigate, <laughs> but it's yeah. Family is such a gift, and I just want to say kudos to you. My mom got her doctorate, and I remember kudos. You know, when you're a little kid, you're like, "Why can't we go play?" Yeah, Thomas, mommy's doing this for all of us. So I know it's a a sacrificial uh, a thing in studying, so you can help other people. Exactly. That exactly. I think that's really neat that you and your dad did that together. Well, okay, that helps us just get into the mind of who you are <laughs> and uh, how you've gotten here. So I brought you on, and I told you this a little bit because there are so many conversations I have with people that are either single, recently married, that have the the one line of what I don't even know what I'm getting into by getting married, or I don't know what to expect. And some other people, unfortunately, that are navigating probably more of what you're saying, like that case dynamic of we're in the middle of problems. We don't even know where these are stemming from. So what I thought could be really beneficial is, you know, what do you see or what would your advice that you'd offer to people that say, I'm single and I'm looking to get married, I'm engaged, we're going down this trajectory, but what should I know before I say I do? Yeah. I mean, this this answer could be the whole time together today because <laughs> there's so much. Mm-hmm. So I'll just do like a big picture answer, which is I think one of the most important pieces in a premarital relationship is how you pace, how you bow. So this is part of our couples course. My dad actually has a book on this, but it's how you pace the relationship between the head and the heart. 
And so the head is like what you cognitively, like what you actually get to know about somebody. And then the heart are like all the the parts of the relationship that form this deep connection and closeness. And I think a lot of times when we think about, you know, setting boundaries in a premarital relationship or or pacing it, we think about like the intimacy, like the sexual part of the relationship. And I actually think, of course, that's important um, because we know if you move too quickly there, you're going to like totally be blinded. You're going to be over attached and you're going to overlook these these other issues. But another piece of it is, I think, a really important one that we often do is we move too quickly and how fast we trust others. And I think, what does trust mean? Trust is our belief or feeling of confidence in somebody. And how it develops is we get to know a little bit. And then based on our opinion about the little bit that we know, we fill in all the gaps in our belief in somebody. I see it happen with Christians a lot, actually. It's like, I met this guy. He goes to the same church. Like, we're totally going to hit it off. Like, he's Christian. And because we have this, conceptualization of what that means we fill in all these gaps in a positive way and we have this really strong belief in them and so then as we get to know them we might learn stuff that contradicts some of our conceptualization it becomes harder for us to like believe that it becomes harder for us to believe the negatives because we've so bought into this really positive picture, we've become overdeveloped in this area of our relationship and our heart becomes very attached. And we start making excuses, giving second chances, third chances, 10th chances. And so I think it's really important in a dating relationship that we we really focus on what we get to know and we pace the bonds of our heart. And so part of it is like asking the tough questions, delaying conclusions, things like that. That's so good. And yeah, as obviously on the other side of dating, now being married, you see some of those patterns yourself like, ooh, I did that. Oops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even having my own son, not wanting this day to ever come, but I know he will begin his own dating relationships when he is an adolescent and thinking, what will my advice be to him? Um, and one thing I've seen within dating culture is that what you're talking about, the ability just to go all in and trust too quickly, bring our own conclusions almost to the point of maybe that's what you're supposed to do in in marriage. Yes, I know those conclusions. I do have to always believe the best in Arden. I do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But and correct me if I'm wrong and putting words in your mouth, but if we do that in dating, we're setting ourselves up for problems in marriage because it's... I see it as we go in with all these positives and when we see this person isn't perfect, then we think we don't have a quote-unquote perfect marriage. And sometimes that's when it can spiral out of control. You're spot on. So dating is a time for discernment. It is a time to be like not critical but not judgmental, but to use good judgment. That's a time where you're like kind of keeping a little bit of track of stuff, you're wanting to look for patterns of behavior. That's a big piece too. Pay attention to patterns. Everybody has these exceptional moments where either they're amazing or they're kind of messing up. But what is the big picture perspective? So dating is for discernment. Marriage is for like the most generous interpretations of things. Like that's when you sort of want to like overlook stuff, um, see the best in them, focus on those qualities. 
give the most grace that you possibly can. And I think a lot of times people get it totally backwards. Definitely. And I, that hurts my heart because I see as we get it backwards, that's where we've seen a lot of, um, unfortunately, in the last few years, especially with COVID, is the separations and stifling conversations because of that skewed mindset. So that's the hope. If anyone's listening and is single or currently <laughs> dating, do the flip. I wish I would have done it better. I did it my best with Arden. That's why we're here. That's <laughs> why we're married. Um, but that's very invaluable advice. So I, I think right off the bat, leaning into that. Let me throw one more thing out there. I mean, you're saying, oh, I could have done it. Like, it's hard when you're in the heat of like the moment of dating and you've got the butterflies and you're really enjoying them and like into them. It's really, it's easy for me to say it now, like, face this part of your relationship. But that's challenging because you do have those feelings of connection and chemistry and all that stuff going into place. So um, it's so also I just want to normalize. It's a challenging thing to do. And the other piece that as we were talking made me think is that there are also parts of us that kind of remain and we don't necessarily do it intentionally. I think it's almost like hidden from our view. So it's definitely going to be hidden from a partner's view. But Parts of us that remain sort of under the surface, deep down, that don't come out until certain circumstances provide the right, the right like makings for it. So, for example, sometimes there's things that will come out after marriage that just like didn't have a way of coming out before because now you're not boyfriend, girlfriend, you're husband, wife. And we have we have these templates in our mind based on our own growing up experiences of what a husband and a wife are and what expectations we have for them. And that stuff doesn't come out till later. And then another time is after kids. And that's really hard to anticipate in a dating relationship of like, when I start to see like, when Arden sees you as mother, like, what parts from his own mother kind of come in and start like affecting the way he sees you or what he expects. Mm -hmm. And the same for you, what you're bringing from your own family of origin. And so I, I just also want to acknowledge like there are pieces that are very hard to really anticipate even till you get into that to that marital relationship or your till your parents together. And so that deep knowing is so important, but some of it is like it's an act of faith as well, getting married. <laughs> Right, definitely. That's why. That's why this podcast exists, right? Because we need to share with uh, the Holy Spirit and making that choice. It is what it is. But I'm so glad you brought it up because I think God was highlighting the same thing in our minds. Because that's I was actually going to ask you that next. But yeah, it's it's wild how your relationship will flow, ebb and flow with all the different seasons. And I've had so many dreams lately of my own dad. And I'm like, why am I dreaming about my dad? <laughs> and I'm realizing as I'm watching Arden become a dad, it's yeah. like you're saying, bringing up certain things of our relationship or even my expectations from him. And Arden is a very headstrong and like talented leader. So I, even in my mind, like I need to slow down this expectation of that, that flow and that journey for him. Yeah, in the little ways, right? Like it doesn't always have to be grandiose in these expressions, but I love that you're saying that so we can be aware of what am I thinking? What am I expecting of others and myself? Um, so if you're talking to someone that's single, what would your advice be for, 
you know, developing that knowing and even developing your eye for what you are searching for, yearning for. Um, I realized when Arden and I actually got engaged, some of the heart longings I was putting on him prematurely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we journeyed through that well. And I think premarital counseling was helpful for that. But it's something I just, there's not a lot of conversations like this, right, that I had beforehand that would have helped me. So (laughs) I guess basically, if you were talking to me a couple years ago, what would you tell me, Morgan? (laughs) Yeah. So you're saying before you were engaged? Yeah. When when you're in that value decision and just like, hey, why don't you either the understand this about your childhood or your background or your personality so you can make that choice better? Oh, yeah. I know the question. Sorry. No, it's a good question. I just think there's different layers of this question that we can kind of like attack it from. So I'm just thinking I, so one thing, so this isn't quite self-knowing, but this is, this is a little bit of that. One thing that I think people really should do, and it sounds like the most obvious thing um, but people don't do it. So I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, do the thing, make a list, write down what you're looking for in a partner and like be, think about it really deeply. Like think about your family. Think about what you saw that you was like, I want to recreate this in the family that I have someday, or I want to do this differently in the family that we have together. Um, or like, I don't want to do this at all, maybe in the family I create. And so like, think about some of these deeper aspects, make a list of what you're looking for in a partner, and then take it a step further and write down next your deal breakers, because also we need to know those. What are the things that it's like, either they absolutely have to have this quality or they um, absolutely cannot have this quality. And then the third piece is write down when you'll enforce your deal breakers. So I cannot tell you how many times I've sat with somebody who's like, well, like an obvious one, cheating, for example. Um, that's a deal breaker. Of course, that's a deal breaker. Of course, you know, well, it's happening right now and you're still in the relationship. So it's not a deal breaker you're going to enforce. So sometimes we really need to like kind of tease apart what we're looking for. Um, and actually, like when we will make the decision to step out of a relationship if it's not meeting um, these these this list. And I don't mean like a rigid list. We mean the core important things, because, again, it's so easy to compromise that stuff when you're in a relationship and you're feeling feelings of love and connection. And sometimes love is not a good reason to stay together. And we need to like it's a sad reality, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I think that's one piece of advice I would give, but we can keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't think you say that because when um, right before Arden and I met, there was this sermon thing going around of throw out your list. You don't need a list. And like you're saying, the superficial, right? It's That's not what's important to your longevity. Someone being six foot three is not going to mean you. No. That's what we but them having character, them having integrity, uh, things of that nature are so vital. And I agree, guys, if you're not making a list, you're kind of just searching aimlessly. Like we need to know where we're headed. Well, yeah, like the thing is, it's like it wasn't that long ago that there was a lot more structure around choosing a partner, whether it was arranged marriages or it was like family involvement was really a big, a big part of things. And 
I mean, my family is involved. But I, I'm like, I've got a my dad who specializes in this. So like, you know, it's not it's kind of the case that we're very much on our own when it comes to choosing a partner. And so I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's always like two sides to every situation. But if we're going to have all this independence in terms of choosing a partner and we like live a lot of times in different parts of the country or the world from our families. So it's like we, we don't even get to like see our the people we're dating all the time in the element. Like what are they like with their family? You know, like you kind of want to see like you kind of want to witness the family dynamics. You're marrying the family. You're marrying the family big time. But like you don't often get to witness this this um, stuff. So when we have this increased freedom, it's like Spider-Man, right? Like we also have this increased responsibility which mm-hmm. is to be to like equip ourselves so we know how to date intelligently we know how to date with discernment and with some purpose and direction and um i believe i mean i guess you can throw out the list but i'm like well what's your guiding what's guiding you um sometimes mm-hmm. like um just the feeling isn't enough like we have to have a bit more intention about these things right Especially if we are in that cycle, as you mentioned earlier, of, you know, feelings are leaving us, but we're acting like this person's our husband when they are our third date. <laughs> yeah, and that happens all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I think, again, like the heart behind this whole conversation is for helpful knowledge, is for guardrails, almost like the bowling analogy, like let's just aim for a strike. Um, <laughs> we're constantly going in the gutter. Maybe there is a reason we need to have some more structure in dating yeah um, so as you mentioned we have this freedom and on the spiritual side of it we do have freedom of choice i believe but yeah. how do we bring in either prayer or conversations opinions from family members trusted friends mentors either in the dating or marriage sphere because like you're saying it can be a good thing to have that freedom and that knowing but we also do need soundboards or sound advice because yeah, we yeah. do life alone. Why why would we make decisions alone? Absolutely. So I think there's different uh, degrees that, you know, each person's going to have a different feeling about how much they bring in other people. I mean, I believe prayer should be a part of all of this. I believe also like God equipped us with free will. And so there's some, I remember um, my dad and I once went to like a singles night at a church. We were interviewing them. And uh, almost everybody was like, you know, God will just bring me the right person. Like, God's just going to put him in my path. And I don't disagree with that at all. But I was like, but also, like, God, also, like, God gives us this ability to, like, be actors and participants in our own life, which is really cool and amazing. And so let's pray on it. Pray for wisdom and guidance. And influence and like his hand is always guiding us. It's always guiding. But like pray for those things, but also do your do your stuff too. Right. Um, do your work too. And I so I think that's an important piece. And I and I do believe whether it's trusted family or trusted friends, you know, also use discernment in these decisions, but they sometimes see things we don't. It's like that friend who's like, you're always canceling plans with us now because you're with this person all the time and like you just met like you're changing you know we want to like push back on that and not take it seriously but that's helpful information 
um, as to like maybe how fast you're moving in the relationship or a family member who notices that like you're displaying some different characteristics. Um, that might be important information. And so I think that there's a lot of value in taking that stuff to heart and reflecting on it. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to bring it in and say it's true, but you can at least, you know, entertain it for a little bit and see if it fits. And if you're like, yeah, they've got a perspective that's actually kind of helpful. I need to pull things back or make some adjustments. Mm -hmm. And I think as uncomfortable as it is, if our response is always defensive to that advice, yeah, it can be a flag that we're harboring or like coveting it a little too much. It's not saying you have to take in advice for everywhere because um, I know, so Arden and I, we were engaged long distance. And so for us, that was, you know, this isn't necessarily as fun to just like have your heart separated <laughs> on the other side of the country. So it led us to moving a little bit faster, but we, you know, had our conversations with our close friends. We had our conversations with our family. Uh, ultimately, they were really brought into the decision and it helped us know, okay, we, this really could be moving too fast for certain people, or we could be blindsided. Let's make sure we have um, other people weighing in. And just like there's peace consistently, right? Like to me, peace yeah. is a big guidance even when we like you're saying we don't have all the answers i don't i didn't know what arden would be like as a dad yeah but through his character i could create the assumptions yeah um of what i foresaw in him that would last throughout fatherhood uh so all that to say <laughs> every relationship can look different like there's no formula what we're getting at guys but there are key guidance for making those decisions well yeah. So if you're really like, what am I looking for? Like, what should I be paying attention to? What are the, I think one of the most important, I could give a couple, but one of the most important characteristics you want in a partner is openness to change. Hmm. Because if you have the partner, it's like they got like a couple things going on that I'm not a big fan of, or maybe like our communication can sometimes get a little wonky or like they can get a little defensive sometimes, which I think defensiveness is super normal. So we just got to learn how to, to receive things and to navigate it mm -hmm. a bit differently. But if they're also open to change, then a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things are workable. Communication, it's a skill. It, people teach it. It's not a personality trait necessarily. Now, the the heart behind it or the conscience is what kind of uh, determines how these communication skills are used. Yeah. Um, but if you have somebody who is open to hearing you out, who is willing to make changes and you see actually like put in some of that effort, that's a pretty good indication you're going to have like a decent partnership. Mm. Not the only thing, but it's a pretty good indication because being married to somebody who digs their heels in and it's almost like proud of their of their issues is going to make for a very frustrating relationship. Yeah. And and I would say you probably wouldn't feel like it's a partnership. No. But you're in an arena. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the best advice our in-laws has given us is like fight for your marriage, not against yeah. your partner. Um, and that's been huge. And like you said, we came to it, especially in that first year learning we are selfish people. We do get defensive. No one wants to know they're doing something wrong, especially from someone that they want to see them in the best light. But yes. if 
I let that guard me from intimacy with Arden, our marriage can only get so far. Yeah. Um, so this is so enriching for me listening. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's, what it's doing for other people as well. I kind of want to ask just a rapid fire. Really, yeah, let's do it. Sure. Um, okay. A guy with a lot of charisma. So we're saying communication is a learned mm-hmm. skill. Mm-hmm. Some people learn it um, maybe over skillfully where yeah, they can just communicate and like put on the face or like, especially in dating, like how do you decipher between what is intentional in someone's personality between like, oh, this person just, I, I feel like they're making me feel good or they know what to say, right? Like how do you search out what is true to someone's nature? Okay. So, um, as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So this is in my dad's book. So it's like, I, I realize I'm biased, but it's such a practical book for singles. That's so called how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. It's for men or women. Um, but he took, what's his, about, what's his first and last name? Just so people can find the book. Dr. John Van Epp. Okay. Excellent resource for singles. So um, he talks about, and something that's widely been researched, um, the conscience. You don't, I've not seen any other person in this field talk about the conscience, but that, so I said changeability and the conscience is probably like really high up there too on something you really want to get to know. And I'll tell you how to get to know it. But this is how it relates to skills. So conscience is like uh, how you get in another person's perspective. So getting in their world, seeing things through, through their eyes. And then it's also how you live consistently with your beliefs, your morals, your ethics, your views, right? How do you like walk the talk basically? Because some people say they believe something, they act totally different, makes you feel crazy. So the conscience is what sort of like regulates the skills. If you had a choice between somebody who had a really well-developed relationship skills, but a poor conscience or a great conscience but poor skills like which would you choose you choose the person with the poor skills but the good conscience because if you have a poor conscience but really good skills you are crafty and you are like smooth and like like it's kind of hard to figure out a little bit right because this person is like they can smooth things over they're char like so charming it's very attractive but and then the person with the poor skills are like they're kind of awkward but they're really thoughtful like i don't know what's going on mm-hmm. here so that differentiation is really um can be really helpful for people as they're kind of getting to know somebody thinking about what is what is behind the skills what's regulating them and enforcing them and so when you're getting to know the conscience what you want to pay attention to is the pattern. The conscience reveals itself in little tiny instances. So people like don't call each other anymore. But back when I was dating, because apparently I'm old now. Um, yeah, you don't look it by any means. Well, I'm I'm getting there. So but it's OK. I'm go with it. But it's it's like, do they call when they say that's like a little tiny example or like, do they remember an important occasion do they um do like do they remember things that you say about things they call and they say do they follow through on their obligations how do you see them treat others and around their friends do they seem to like live in accordance to how they talk to you in terms of what they believe so you're paying attention to just these little examples and when you zoom out you start to put them all together and zoom out you get this picture of 
the person the person's conscience and how well it functions and so it's it's like it's just something that takes a little bit of time to figure out which is also why it's important to pace your relationship because you need time you need time to see these things come together if they miss if they miss something like oh we're supposed to have this like you guys were long distance you probably had to organize when you talked together and things like that or facetimed or whatever you did and you know if he if Arden missed it one time did he apologize and he come to you oh, I'm so sorry like this is what happened I feel horrible mm-hmm. let me make it up to you or do they minimize it like there's things like this that seem like you could explain away in the moment but when you look at the big picture you're like that's a pattern and that's a red flag mm-hmm no, that's so good. And I think sometimes, granted, probably in good intentions, but that's one way that people will settle and peers will unknowingly aid someone in settling because it's like, well, he probably was busy. Yes. He probably did this. And granted, yeah, first time, don't strike him out. They really could. Right. Their grandma could be sick. But if it is habitual or happening constantly or you just don't feel as prized as they say you are to them like don't just please don't be those friends that always give the benefit of the doubt without helping someone probe like as a friend if you have someone that's dating like help them probe in a really healthy um assuming the best but seeing clearly way um i heard i'll i'll fail to remember exactly where it's from but some coach of some team somewhere said that he would always pick the players that had better character than the ones that only had skill. Because like you're saying, he could teach skill. Yes. Teach them to be good teammates. He couldn't teach them to show up to practice on time. And that's just, I mean, if you're doing that for something where the only goal is to win, I think we can do that in yes. our relationship <laughs> as well. And how much more important, right? Um, absolutely. So that's a great insight. One more rapid question before I let you go. This has been so neat to dive into and just opening my eyes to the <laughs> the realm. Um, I love this head to heart analogy and like deep insight to practical. So in raising your kids, what is a characteristic that you are trying to instill in them Ooh. utmost that you're like, this is just as a mom, as a counselor, as a doctor, this is where I want to see rising in um, our generation. Oh my goodness. That's a really good question that I've never had to answer. So if we take off the table some of the obvious things like a like a you know love for family and faith and like some of those things in my mind are kind of like given. Um something that I feel is really important is um it's kind of like the ability to be critical thinkers, to be analytical and reflexive in their thinking so that might not be what you thought I would say but um the ability to almost like have a good perspective on yourself mm-hmm. and to be able to kind of like do a little bit of self-analysis like I I have kids that and so you'll you don't know yet with your son probably like his total temperament and so you'll get to know that like I'm, I'm with our daughter her temperament she's nine was clear almost immediately to me and then our son tricked me because he was so easy. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like there's a big fire in you that I didn't see until you were a little bit older. And so I have very like spicy children, like very just like they're 
awesome. And they're just like extraordinary kids. And of course, I'm in their mom. So I would say that. Um, but because they're such like sensitive, they feel things really deeply for me as their as their mom and in my profession. It's important not that they like get it right every time. Like there's a lot about emotional regulation that's and you're on Instagram in the parenting sphere, how we teach our kids to regulate and calm. Like to me, it's not as important that they get it right all the time, but I want them to have the ability to like reflect on themselves and show themselves some compassion and also have a good understanding of themselves. Because I, be, I believe that that provides a nice, solid foundation for navigating the world. When you can be analytical, but you feel um, confident in you and strong in you and understanding of like, I'm feeling this big feeling. I can analyze it. I get it. it just feels like it like equips you in lots of different ways. When you're coming up against um, things that challenge your beliefs, you're able to maybe analyze that with somebody, but also you've already analyzed your own. So you're very strong and resolute in that in that area. So um, it's not like a simple answer, but like that's something that's very much on my mind and how I parent. Like we do a lot of like, especially when they're younger, we'd read books and we'd like analyze the characters. So I'm probably doing what my dad did with me. <laughs> be like, what's going on for them? Like, what do you, how would you approach that? Like, what if you were a character in the book? What would you do? So there's, Things that I do to try to um, nurture that skill. I hope that's clear. Well, I love that. We read a lot of books already with him. Great. And he can't talk back yet. But when he can, <laughs> I'll copy that method. But um, I have seen one one of the hardest relational dynamics, not even necessarily with my husband, but is when someone feels something deeply, but they can't have the words for what it is. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, will, I would either feel, if I was in that situation, just... Like those stress cries where you're like, I'm yes, crying and I don't know why. why. And it's defeating, really. Because you're like, I want to get to the problem, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Or if you're the on the other side of the equation, like, I want to help or I want to know what I did wrong. But if you can't tell me, like, it's just hard to move forward. So I see that as such a crucial um, aspect that you're teaching them and, and you're helping people that follow you and read the books and following with you and your dad uh it's just it's strong so it may not be what you think i wanted to hear but it is a good sound <laughs> advice thank um, you so th- i mean all topics we kind of dance around them all like you said we can't really undig all of them but is there any lasting thoughts that come to your mind or anything you want to impart like, like under what category particularly so a lot of people listening right now are in the 24 to 35 year old demographic mm-hmm. One question that I, yeah, I'll throw this on to you because I okay. don't answer. Yeah. Um, I think the intention of praying for your spouse is one. So we have kind of what we're talking about. We know what we're looking for. We're going to God. We're having that peace leading us. And like that's that's our, the front of the equation instead of the caboose, right? So yeah. The people that say, well, what if uh, I am waiting on God, like you said, from interviewing the singles at that conference but I'm not seeing results or it just feels like no one's in my arena and it's starting to get to that. Is it ever going to happen or what am I doing wrong category? What would your advice be? And I say advice because I know, you know, unless we're God, we don't know the answers of what, when, or who, and why. Um, But what would your advice be to said person? Yeah. I mean, so it's funny, like, I'm a Christian, but I'm very much like, I live very practically. 
So I think you know, I push back on, like, I, it's just, I, I mean, we all do to some extent, but even like how I deliver advice. And I think that's something that um, I push, push back on when it's like, I'm just waiting for God and he's not doing it. It's like, okay, God hears you. He hears what you want. He knows what's on your heart. Um, and I, I always believe he's like, he's working, he's for us. He's working for us. He's working for you. And so please take heart and comfort in that. And that it's in due time. Also, also, let's think about what you're doing to try to move this part of your life forward. Because people who are talking like that, obviously, this is a massive priority. They have on their horizon points, you know, I'm going to be married. I'm going to have a family. I want these things to happen. And so what can you do to put yourself in situations where you have more opportunity to meet people who will be at least like like-minded in certain ways. This mm-hmm. is not my advice. I don't remember where I got it though, but I think it's really smart. And it and somebody said, um, think about what you like to do and then do the most social version of it. So you like to read, join a book club. You like to exercise, do an exercise class. You like to hike, do a hike, like do a hiking meetup. And like now that COVID's over, we can do these things more. But like, I think that think about it as twofold pray and and believe and take comfort in that there God is working behind the scenes on your behalf but then also take active energy and like being a participant in your own relational life and get out there mm-hmm. put these things put yourself out there put yourself in more positions to meet people who will be um, of the caliber you're wanting you know to find yeah so that's so good. I, I love the distinction on that. The caliber that you're looking for, like-minded. Yeah. Uh, it's not just, I, I think when you get in that mindset for so long, it's like, well, I just need to meet anyone because there's no fish in the sea. We're the, this is, but uh, <laughs> making sure just, just know when you're looking that be mindful of where you're fishing, where you're looking. Um, that's a one thing. It's like, don't, don't strain the prayer side and then feel drastic in the searching. But like yeah. you say, have them interwoven. And I mean, if I love the prayer intention behind it, pray to God, like, okay, what do you want me to do? What are yeah. what's something you should be working on? Because it could be join the book club. There might be a lot of women there, but someone could have a brother or, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, there are more avenues than it feels like. And I get it. You're in that season. It does feel like yeah. you're only seeing the same people at the grocery store over and over again. So at the least, you'll have fun. Yeah, fun exploring and going out there. And I think too, like, I mean, you're married and now you have a baby. And and I know, like, I'm not going to try not to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you're really happy with where you are in your life. But I'm sure, I mean, I'm almost 15 years into my marriage and I love being married. Like, I love being married. I love having a family. It is just like such a source of joy for me. Also, like, I liked being single. Like there's something that is that was nice about like, you know, making whatever I want for dinner and just worrying about me. It's like all about me time. And that was not like a lot of life kind of when I now look back. It's like that kind of went quickly. And so I think there's also this perspective that people who are ahead of you have that like when you're single and really longing for that relationship that you don't have. And so I also would urge you to like this is a different season of life that um, probably won't last forever. And so like, how can you make some meaning out of this time? Whether it's like taking something on that's like, I've always wanted to learn how to do this or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, how can you really um, use this time to 
be really special for you and work for you. Yeah, that's great. No, I agree. I have a friend that stopped by last night and she's like, yeah, well, I'm going to New York tomorrow because why not? She's like, you want to come? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, there's, and I hope you've all taken heart in this, that there's joy in the seasons. Don't, don't rush or wish away. My sister Julie said on another podcast on the topic, it's not worth comparing because they're they're all in, incomparable. Yeah. Um, but this has been such great insight. And I'm so glad you'd hop on and um, share. You let me dig into your mind. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with our, um, our viewers. So you mentioned a lot of books. You're on Instagram. She makes fun reels, guys. How can we connect <laughs> with you after this podcast? Yeah, so I am on yeah Instagram. It's just Dr. Morgan Cutlip. There's no period. It's just one big thing, one big word. Um, we have a blog, mylovethinks.com, and I have tons of free resources on there. Um, we have podcast episodes you can read about or listen to, free, free things, especially for moms. I do a lot for moms. Mm-hmm. So downloads there that you can find. Um, and then, yeah, my first book, comes out in September, which is called, yeah, it's called Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. And it's it's crazy. I haven't actually told people this, but it's available already for pre-sale, so you can find it. Um, I'm really excited about it. And then my dad's book, which I think might be most, um, like resonate the most with your audience, is called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. And it's such a practical, good book. So I highly recommend it. I love the blunt title. Absolutely. 